0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Honey. Black Friday and Cyber Monday might be over, but you can still save money by using Honey. Join Honey.com slash Christian. All right, some more savings. Today's
2: show is also sponsored by Wonderbly. Go to Wonderbly.com and enter your child's name for a full preview of their personalized children's book. When you purchase the book, use our code BCPOD at checkout to get 15%
1: off your order. Today's show is also sponsored by stamps.com. Get your four week trial by visiting stamps.com and entering the code BADCHRISTIAN. You are now
2: entering the Bad Christian Podcast.
1: Kick it, Joey. Big Christian, Bad Christian, the podcast that you love, Bad Christian podcast. Oh yeah, that was a pretty good Toby impression, Marvel. Yeah, it Loki. was pretty
2: good. It was pretty good. I, I missed that guy. Yeah. Uh, should we go ahead and tell people like uh, what happened to Toby? I'll tell people. Uh yesterday Toby was walking in his neighborhood and a car was going gosh, I think sixty-five and a and a twenty-five and he was struck. Um so he he passed away last night. Um no, we just decided just, it was one of those things to where we thought we thought to ourselves, what would Toby want us to do? Look, uh, there's no
1: reason for an an, an asinine grade. joke like that because the reality of it is is also true and funny. Toby is has diarrhea and is vomiting uncontrollably. That's funny. The truth is funny enough. And that is the truth. He didn't get hit by a car, everybody. Toby is on his in the toilet. And he will be all day, as far as we know. So we have a a special episode today anyway, and so much to talk about. And there's no way he would miss it if it weren't actually that way. Because literally, he could (laughs) almost have the computer on the toilet if he needed to. But we're not going to subject y'all to that. And that's okay. So we'll catch up with Toby soon. And I imagine he's going to listen to the episode, because there's a ton that I want to talk to him about. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to today. So let's start off with what is the biggest news in the world, which is... Clemson you know won the ACC championship we'll get that out of the way yeah good good yeah. for that we've got some good college football so that's what I'm real happy about and let's see what oh other good news the Bad Christian Conference Bad Christian Con is eh, basically sold out so we announced it last Dang. week we announced it last week there are a few more tickets left but it's basically sold out so by the time you're listening to this if you're not clicking You're on the screwed. website to get the one of the remaining tickets, which are down in the teens now of available tickets. So I'm sure by the time people are hearing my voice say this, they'll be pretty much gone. Yeah, um, There may be a dozen left. Anyway, go get them, I guess, right now. But I want to tell you, too, there's a waiting list there. So we're going to see if we could get an expanded venue, a different venue, or we can release some more tickets if people inevitably cancel or can't make it. So please do sign up for the waiting list in the Eventbrite thing there. Um I'm going to do everything I can to get a few more tickets available. So those will be released in the order you sign up on the waiting list. So please go ahead and, and do that too. And if we get a lot of people on the waiting list, it'll further uh, you know validate the notion that we need a bigger venue. So my goodness, I couldn't have gone into the weekend more excited about life with the college football, with pulling off this conference, <laughs> with the tickets selling immediately as soon as we announced them. I could not have gone into the weekend feeling better about bad Christian, and myself, and everything out there. And that is true. Matt, Matt, do you, like, seriously, because I've heard you say
2: things like this over the years, is this an example of one of those things to where you're just like, why does life go so daggum well for Matt Carter? Like, y'all talked about how, like, seriously, y'all talked about, you, you know, you graduated, you decided, eh, let's move to Seattle and start a band. You do that, you find success that most people would give their right arm for. You start a podcast that blows up, takes the church by thunder, and now the the stop, very stop, body stop, stop, of Christ stop. is not the same, and that's because of a lot of Matt Carter's <laughs> expertise. Here we have a conference, Hilarious. and the thing is like sold out. Like it's like every. Do you feel like? Do you feel no, invincible? No, like whatever no, no, no. I touch, I, I turns deflect. To I gold. deflect
1: every bit. <laughs> I deflect every bit of that. Um, it's I. You know, no, I don't. I don't think I don't think any of that stuff at all but I <laughs> <laughs> I, I you just want to give praise and
2: glory to your father right now Yeah. Right? Well, your, no, no, your I, I'll put it this
1: way I love being me Like I got no problems with being me I think it's great I think I have my life designed the way I want it I, There's, <laughs> If I wanted to define things by success Or set higher goals Maybe that'd be achievable Maybe it wouldn't I don't know But I don't think about stuff like that I'm j- just doing what I feel like And then if something has numbers or money or success Fine I mean, I do not care I do not set my goals on anything numerical or financial for the most part. It's, I want to be spending my days and nights doing what I want to do. That is my primary design function in my, for my life. And I don't always get that right. It's hard to know what you really want. Like, you know, yeah. if somebody asks you that, it becomes a hard question. But anyway, I do feel fortunate. And when we're able to pull something together like a conference and it really matters and it's in real... The thing about the conference is it's in real life. We get to meet... Right. Like, it's like, oh, how crazy is it to be stuck in this pe- platform of just podcasting one way, but then try to make this thing come alive and leap into the third dimension is exciting and that, that it validates yeah. that it's worth doing and there's people... Anyway, great on all of that. So... This Let me whole- ask you
2: another question real quick because this is an example okay. of a question that I wouldn't think to ask you on the podcast, but I would ask you in a van going 90 miles per hour on the interstate. Do you find it a pleasurable thing, or maybe not pleasurable, but do you find the challenge appealing? Or is it even if it is is it even on your radar that do you think along the lines of, oh, I kind of like Looking out for Reva, making sure she's good to go, and, and Toby and Joey. I mean, they're figuring things out. Like, I like the thought of you know seeing how we can expand Bad Christian for everybody involved. Like, yeah, is that yeah, something yeah. fun for you to like think of people totally. involved and how you can make things work for them too?
1: Yeah, totally. I'm very driven by that. I like doing things with people that are fun. You know, I'd so. Yeah. So the the principle that I use is I'm usually looking for a situation where everybody wins. So if you go all the way back into history, you have these situations where it's just struggle and, you know, might makes right. And you've got to take over this as us versus them. All these things are, are built into humans, you know. It's it's, that's just what way we are. But the best solutions for let's for for instance, the economy is that way. The more people spend more money and pass more money around in a good way, then the economy is better for everybody. So, right? More this optimism, and everybody wins when everybody's spending and everybody's earning and everybody's working. Everybody wins. So, I'm looking usually for to create new things that don't exist where more people win, more people have cool jobs, more people I get to talk to on Skype every week, more times I get to travel to Nashville to have fun at a conference or go play a rock show or go drink at a bar with people. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out situations and hacks to make everybody win. That's, That's my goal. I love interacting with people and, you know, holding things together. It's fun. But that's not you the point. See it, you, you should
2: expand that into the whole country. You'd make a good presidential president. candidate. Yeah, I'd be a good you president. Really care about the people.
1: Well, awesome. I don't think of it that way. I'm just trying to do what I want to do. So it doesn't matter if it's just working with wood and building a table. <laughs> that's what I like to do too. And that's I try to make it where I get to do the things I want to do. Anyway, this what I want to talk about this episode. If we've been dancing around it here, but there was a. A fiasco I would call it uh, something related to the uh, related to the conference this weekend and it happened on Twitter, which is crazy and it, i want to take I suppose most of the rest of the episode to to discuss it because there's a thousand things that happened, mostly bad a few good worth talking about, and a lot to explore that's tangentially related or side doors to the head on issues but and I don't even know if I could follow Twitter that well I don't do these types of engagements a lot and I'm going to just set the stage for it a little bit and then I'm going to bring on other people to kind of tell the story a little bit so I'm going to bring on a couple of club members um, that witnessed it and participated in it and then I want to bring on somebody that was on the other side of a pretty raging debate where there's man I, it's really hard to explain I'm not going to go through it but I will tell you this um, I'll be serious for a second if you don't mind Before we even talk about Twitter, before before we even talk about Twitter specifically or this conference specifically or anything else like this, I'm just going to say where I'm coming from in in the biggest zoomed out view I can have that are the things that seem to matter to me. And that maybe it sounds lofty, but I think this is true or where I'm at. I just want to say that character matters, principles matter, honesty matters, facts matter, And language matters, okay? Those things are very important. I think they are underlying any argument anybody can have or whatever platform it's on or anything else. And I really am only interested in talking to people that will concede those things. I'll repeat them. Character matters. Principle matters. Honesty matters. Facts matter. And language and the use of language matters it matters. Now, there's plenty of things to debate about what's good and bad about any of those things and in what way they could be used. But if we don't have that, that rationalism, I don't know what you call it. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's enlightenment thinking. I don't know. I don't really know. But I I had to question this weekend, do we all agree even on those things? And I don't know that we do, but that's okay. That's what I'm kind of interested. I'm trying to figure out, do we agree on that? And there's how much miscommunication is out there and what in the world is going on? But I'm I'm a little bit lost, so I've been, what I would genuinely tell you, um, excited going into the weekend, intrigued, entertained, and then extremely disappointed and extremely bummed out to the point of personally feeling bad, guilty, self-introspective, worried, uh, questioning deeply in myself through the Twitter thing that has gone on. And then still at the end of it, it's okay. Like, you know, I'm not here to be negative or anything. I think it works out okay in the long run. So there's some balancing force out there. And I can't quite get a grip on it. But we'll get, like, again, I'm, I'll, so I'll let somebody quick, else Matt, tell I'm the narrative. Make, but
2: I'm not making sport of you at all. I'm yeah. try, I am trying to point something out. This is a, so what you just described is somewhat rare for you yes, it is. as far as something that really pauses you yeah. and, Causes concern. Totally.
1: Yeah. Not concerned like I'm here to rant about the. Well, I'm saying, hold on. I spent some real time being very careful about my own thinking, looking back at myself, trying to listen to other people's words, trying to analyze. You know, it's, 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 it's law. I mean, this. You know, I feel out there in a the big ocean sometimes like this. I go, "Whoa, what am I anchored to? Where am I?" You know, with all the deconstruction of faith that we've done in the last few years, I don't I don't have some book that tells me exactly how I should do and who I should write off no. and what's. I don't have that. I only have these principles and things that I that I keep. And I take insight from the Bible and I believe in Jesus. And, and that that's a guide, but it's it's there's, there's no guidebook for how to interact with people and who to write off and who to listen to. And there's no guidebook for that. There isn't. And if you think you have one, you're mistaken. So, you know, anyways, I'm capable of getting these situations where I'm not so sure if what I believe or think or have acted or have said or what I should say is right or wrong. So let me be very clear on that. I don't know. So anyway, I'm not... I don't feel like I want to go in here and try and tell everything about this Twitter debacle that happened, but I'd like to clue everybody into it. I found it sounds so vague right now. If People are like, what are you even talking about? I didn't hear it. But most people saw it that follow us, Twitter and the BC group and many, many, you know, I, I almost don't like the fact that all this happened as we're promoting a conference as if it were pu- publicity or something. That's, that's I almost lament the timing of it, but I'm very interested in the conversation. Anyway, um, I'm going to take a second and tell you about our great sponsor, Honey, and then I'm going to bring on some people to actually fill us in on their perspectives of of what it is that that happened, so maybe we can get a good grip on it. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. Now, let me tell you what you want to do, and that's save money. Now, I'm not commanding you to save money. I'm just suggesting to you that I think that's what you want to do. I think. Do you, I understand.
2: Even, do you even need to command someone well, I'm to gonna, save I'm money? I'm
1: just being gentle. I'm not forcing anybody to save money. But if you would like to and you shop online, which, again, I highly recommend that you do, and you're buying holiday gifts, then let me tell you about an online shopping hack from a startup that I recently discovered called Honey. Okay? So what Honey does really well is find online coupon codes, and the best deal. So we know that all the data is out there and it exists. So you go find what it is that you want to buy, and then you use Honey to find the absolute best price, find special offers and rewards for it. And uh, that's why I think you should install the Honey extension. So that's what I'm saying. It's an extension you can add to your Chrome. Is, that's how I do it on mine. So Honey was founded by two friends who were frustrated by the lack of price transparency from online shopping, so they started Honey to help others find the best possible prices online. It's free. It's a browser extension available on Chrome, Firefox, and Safari that effortlessly saves you time and money shopping online at tens of thousands of stores. So while you shop, Honey will instantly find every working coupon code on the internet and then automatically apply the best discounts. Time Magazine calls it basically Free money. So it even works with Amazon and makes Amazon, which is awesome, better. Honey will show you if you can get the same item for less from a different seller and it automatically factors in variables such as the item price, the shipping cost, your prime status. This thing is smart. This is a smart thing. So you always get the best price. So Black Friday and Cyber Monday may be over, but you can still save money this Christmas with Honey. Honey has already saved over hundreds of millions of dollars for over 6 million members. It's completely free to join, and it'll literally only take you two clicks to start saving money. Join Honey today for free at joinhoney.com slash badchristian. That's joinhoney.com slash badchristian. Okie dokie. Do we have one or two of our BC Club members, longtime supporters, people that we quarrel with on a day-to-day basis in our group, but who were part of the BC people involved in the Twitter debacle. Do we have these people on Skype? Who's here? And you'll introduce yourself too.
3: Yeah, um, I'm Adrian. I've been in the club for uh, maybe over a year, a couple of years
1: probably. Adrian, glad you could join us, my friend. And who else we got?
4: Um, I'm Tierney. I've been in the club for about two and a half years now. And yeah.
1: Okay. Now... <clears throat> Forgive me here, but neither one, neither one of you introduced yourself as I am a black man or a queer. Uh,
3: you didn't, you didn't
4: oh, qualify.
2: Sorry.
4: I'll I'll restart. This is my audio, is so you. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I. My name is Tierney. I am a queer black female by science, um but I don't know if it's I. I I don't want to give the misrepresentation that pronouns aren't important because I think that was a big part of the mm-hmm. issue this weekend. Um, but I just identify as a queer black person.
2: And how did, it's, it's it's so interesting because honestly it is so relative to the conversation, but Matt's like, I mean, should I? <laughs> no, I'm in, just teasing that, really but the <laughs> fact that we have to think through this stuff is just insane. Like yeah. it should have just been normal for Matt to say, Hey, we
1: have we have
2: a black male and a black. We we just can't do that
1: though. Well, so it, it's you guys pertinent. Put, it's pertinent to the conversation here as we'll get into. But also, I am just making a little bit of a joke. It's not that big of a deal. But, um, but
3: but so then on top of that, you don't. You know, you don't want people to think that you're just having these people of color in your podcast
2: because right. right. Have, right. like, challenge. That's right.
1: So, uh, I mean, of course, it's nice from my point of view that I know that our community is diverse and people and stuff like that. And I am frustrated that other people don't necessarily know that. I do understand. I'll tell you what I'm basically going to do here. I'm going to pretty much take the – I'm going to try to represent the point of view that I don't – of other people. So I'm going to let you guys speak for you. But my goal here is not at whatsoever to tear down or attack or belittle any argument that anybody that disagreed with you guys would have had i intend or may intend if anything to give credibility and bolster the genuine arguments that the other side may have I, I don't think it's right to straw man those and i'm not interested in doing that personally but i am interested in hearing your two people's experience uh from your point of view if that makes sense does that sound good yep sure good. okay so what happened
4: so um from my understanding, there were two people who stated that they should have a conference that sounded exactly like the BC Con, and um, them and their follow- followers were talking about how it'd be such a great idea, and I saw that you asked them to come on, and they declined because the conference was too had too many straight white males on it. Mm.
1: Yeah, so they, and, they, they responded to something that Jonathan Merritt put out there and said, oh, you know, another conference where it's straight white men or something like that. Um, and of course, the rest of the lineup hasn't been announced yet, but it's not all straight white men. But sorry, that's the first names I had confirmed on the website when we put it up. But they complained about that part of it. And then I asked them very sincerely that, oh, I, we're, we're actively looking for more people. I really like the Church two movement that they talked about and asked them would they be willing to come on um, the podcast or join at the conference.
4: I saw that and they did decline, which I think is totally fair. I think we all have the right to do what we don't want to do, which I think is totally fair. But I took issue with the why because, you know, they say that they are pro LGBTQ and they stand to fight against white supremacy and misogyny and sexual assault. And they're criticizing a conference for having, too much of what is straight white male and perceived people who don't care about those issues and they're being asked to to come along and be that voice for those issues and they declined Mm -hmm. so it's frustrating as a queer black person when you see people and this is kind of the big picture issue i have with like super woke Progressive white people, which, by when, the way, I
1: typically think of you as though as the as that, right? Like most people, <laughs> well, a lot of people think of you I'm not as a, super woke, I'm not a, progressive, social justice person, and in yeah. my understanding, that's how you're typically received on the internet.
4: Yeah, I I completely understand that, and I think that when you have ideas that aren't matched with action and compromise, and compromise in terms of meeting people where they're at, mm-hmm. I think that you're not going to get anything done because I may be at a level that I think everybody else should be at, but it could change in five years. Mm -hmm. So I only know what I know. And I've only experienced what I've experienced and I can't write anybody else off because they haven't experienced what I've experienced or they don't understand. And I'm not willing to get them to that point of where I'm
1: Mm -hmm. at. Well, let me point, let me give them another point that, that I concede to them that, that has been left out already. And that's that one of the big issues that, that many people have with the conference who criticize it is that Preston Sprinkle is going to be there and appear. Now, Preston Sprinkle is um, – I, I just don't even know how to think of it. This is what I've been trying to think about and have, have, let, get a grip let on. Me,
2: let, let me say it this way. Preston Sprinkle recently wrote a book on LGBTQ, which I believe is the most balanced, gracious – kick-the-church-in-the-ass book that I've ever read from someone who still believes theologically the Bible teaches against it. And so what frustrates me is that he's not entitled to have an opinion about the Bible and say, okay— well, maybe. I,
1: I don't know that they're not saying he isn't entitled to have his opinion, so I'm going to make their argument as good as I can okay. make it. They're, they're saying that his theology and the things that he does believe and say and teach are harmful. And right. they're not saying he can't speak, and they're not even saying that we should I don't even know that they said we shouldn't have him. They're saying that they are not comfortable being around or participating and don't think that we should allow him, although I'm trying to describe that we have him as a dissenting voice because I don't think people understand that much of Bad Christian is, or most or most of the people at the conference, I imagine, are affirming, I believe, yeah. that to be the case. I'm not sure about that. Well, but, I, I kind
3: of want to be, I want to go back to this. Before we move on from Sprinkle, I do want to say, like, when I was involved with, you know, going back with one of the people, uh, I think her name was Emily, I was, I just asked her, I was like, do you want the BC guys to disavow Sprinkle and those who mm-hmm. think like him as if they were Nazis or white supremacists? And the answer was basically a yes, mm-hmm. which I was like, yeah. I don't know. I get you disagree with him, but I don't think I put Preston Sprinkle on the level as a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I, I agree with that. And, And that was an example that they used was like, imagine a Jewish person being surrounded by Nazis. That's what this conference would be like. They said it was, was but
1: to be clear there, they said that they don't think it would be a safe place. So although, you know, they appreciate, and they were cordial enough. I'll give them all the credit for that. And I don't, you know, I don't like how a lot of stuff went down. I don't like a lot of stuff that you, Lunsford, other people said. It does not necessarily represent me, but it does represent portions of our audience which is diverse of course but
3: yeah your boy your boy uh he needs to chill you gotta get your man. yeah
1: yeah i I, I don't (laughs) i don't back i I don't speak for anybody else they speak for themselves but yeah he he didn't help anything that's for sure (laughs) i got a
4: tweet to my phone at 4 a.m of him responding to someone literally saying i will never ever shut
1: up. Yeah, I know. And
4: I, I know. was like, it's 4 a.m. Like yeah. nobody.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. That's crazy. But that, it gets out of control quickly. But I don't. So these these people that I invited to the conference with all sincerity declined because they don't think it's right to have the conference that we're having. And even if they did want, even if you ask them to come, they're telling you now they don't want to come because they don't feel safe. As in, they literally don't feel safe being in that same room as, uh, somebody like Preston Sprinkle, and so that starts to feel funny to me. But I, I understand if that's what if that's the way they feel, that's fine. Um, but then it gets a little out of control, and other people are. It, it, it feels weird to suggest that it's unsafe in some way that it's like physically unsafe I understand I have no problem with somebody declining and I I completely apologize if there's any perception that I was harassing somebody beyond a no I was very I I don't think that really comes across if you actually look at the Twitter feed I think you'll see me asking pursuing clarifying until I understood that they understood we were talking about the same thing because it's very difficult to communicate on Twitter but once I understood that they didn't want to come I backed off, but other people did not. So you and other people kept pursuing them, which I think they perceived as harassment. Like, see, I said no, I don't feel safe there, and everybody's still hounding me. See how abusive this culture is? I think that's how they they felt is what well,
2: happened. Well, and 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 uh, I guess Adrian and Tierney and whoever else's defense though is I I, I don't think their tone was the greatest if they were just trying to have cordial dialogue, it was definitely incriminating. So I think part, mm-hmm. partly and Adrian Tierney, correct me if I'm wrong, partly was just kind of coming to your family's defense. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. You don't know what you're talking about.
4: Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And I think that as far as harassing it, I mean, if you want to call what happened, harassing, then it went both ways. I saw it as I was having a conversation because and it probably happened to other people, we weren't just getting replies from them. Right. I was getting replies from like 10, 15 of their other followers mm-hmm. all throughout the night. And I was getting direct messages from people. Oh, wow. So it's a little bit frustrating for me to hear that when I feel like I was literally having conversations with people who came in hours later. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're saying that people need to take responsibility for Lunsford. But there were definitely other people on that end that made that conversation more difficult. And I don't think it's fair to even call it harassing because I'm sure. There are points where we all felt like we just want this to end. Like we just want this to die. Oh, yeah, yeah. I we mean,
1: want it right. There's no way you could be in that interchange as one of the person tagged in it and not feel harassed. I mean, no doubt right. I felt very harassed. Right. But it, that's a, I'm quick, not comparing right. my harassment to theirs or how they feel or their history. I don't know these people. I don't know their background. I don't know what trauma they've suffered. I don't know what they're like as individuals. I don't know any of that. So, I, but I respect them saying they felt harassed. That's very clearly what happens in a situation like this. Part
2: of the interruption here, I'm in kind of a, I don't know, warm, fuzzy feeling right now, thinking about my kids, the Christmas holidays coming up. And one thing that, I've always loved to do is read to our kids and this is what's kind of neat about this sponsor is probably about three years ago. I was looking for a company that made custom made books for kids with their name in it and maybe their brother's name because I had that growing up. My great grandfather gave my brother and I that and it was the coolest thing to read books with my name and my person as a character. And I ordered one of these for my kids, and they just absolutely loved it. So Wonderbly is the company that I'm talking about, and they create books customized for your kid, putting your kid in the book as a character, one-of-a-kind personalized books that – You can actually make in minutes. It's a very easy process online. You answer a few questions, boom. Next thing you know, you got a book in the mail that your kid's going to fall in love with. It's made by you for your child. The book literally doesn't exist until you press the button. Uh, This company, Wonderbleed, they make uh, books that are wonderful gifts for any occasion just because all the way to birthdays, baby showers, and Christmas with a variety of titles to choose from. So different storylines that you can put your child in, you can find a book perfectly suitable for them. The books are wonderfully written Filled with hand drawn illustrations, making them a true keepsake. In fact, my son, of all the books that he could choose from to take with him in the car ride, obviously he chose the one with him in it as a character. So each of the kids' adventures based on the letters of their name, making every story unique to the child. They can Follow the letters of their name through the book to discover the story is all about them. I mean, you've got the golden ticket book for five to 12 year olds. You've got the My Christmas Snowflake for two to eight year olds. I, I uh, really love the My Golden Ticket book has to do with Willy Wonka, Chocolate Factory and all that. Uh, that's the one that I got, actually, by the way. So. Go to www.wonderbly.com, that's W-O-N-D-E-R-B-L-Y.com, and enter your little one's name for a full free preview of their story. And then at checkout, enter BC Pod to get 15% off your order. Go do this now. It's going to make a great Christmas present for your children or your child. Visit www.wonderbly.com today.
1: At one point I thought, oh this is nothing. I'm talking to two strangers in a bar that I've been introduced to through a mutual friend and we're having a spirited conversation about a thing. Interesting. This is cool. But then, and this is a real world analogy to what Twitter's like, then people from across the bar are like, "Hey, what did you say to her?" and they're yelling across the bar. "You did you just do that?" But they don't they didn't hear the the beginning of the conversation or the context for it but now they're yelling from across the room don't say that to her or I'm on his side or whatever what meanwhile we technically we're almost still under control or cordial in a normal conversation okay. and then a crowd comes around it and now there's 40 people yelling into a conversation of a couple people at a table and then you have the rest of the internet eventually gets clued into this thread because it got huge it got a ton of circulation out there and at the, and at the point where most people come to the table they're standing at the door of the bar see a big group hanging out over there screaming at each other and they say hey what's going on over there and then somebody goes uh that dude just told that woman that he doesn't respect them and they aren't welcome here and there's all this stuff and there's this there's this nazi that's trying to go to this conference and they're trying to stop them and you know there's all that that's (laughs) what that's what people looking on from the outside are going to see eventually when it escalates because of a mob of people Shouting in, harassing, intimidating, being dishonest, not clarifying what was true, not understanding where people are coming from. And you have all these people without the information, without the context, screaming at each other. And then... What are you supposed to do? You go, "Oh, yeah, I think it's probably that douchebag podcast being dickheads and trying to this or oh, I just think it's these right. social justice warriors trying to like, you know, make a power play and take down cis men or something." I don't I don't know, but that's all you're left to even try to assess if you come to it late and don't have the context. And it's very tragic use of right. communication and language in my opinion.
4: And I agree, and I want to say that I 100% understand where they're coming from. I think that it just like, I just, I, I I personally feel like it's a huge missed opportunity for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, knowing you guys, knowing a lot of the people who are going to be at the conference, we literally know a lot of the people mm-hmm. who are going to be at the conference, all I heard after this whole interaction was how great it would have been to have them there.
1: Right. Um, Like you, you genuinely wanted them to to be there because you like their point of view and respect it and feel like you're close with them. Like you agree with them and and you would like to help that conversation go on.
4: And I also think that it's important to have diversity. And this is something that I think bad Christian has gotten so much better with over the years with not just having Mm -hmm. white people or white dudes rather that's, I think what the issue really is. And I, and for me to see like, oh my God, there's this opportunity where there's not just this white, another white dude who is going to be talking about the same old stuff that really is pointed towards just straight white dudes. Like it's hard for me to like kind of not take that personally because I already feel like I'm going to be an outsider there anyways, because I typically am in these circles and I'm like, man, There's somebody here who has more clout than I do. I know that people hear from me all the time and have for the last couple years. They're probably like, oh, that's just how tyranny thinks. And I think that it would have been great for them with their platform. They have probably a lot more teaching experience when it comes to things like this. To be able to present ideas in such a different way, while it's like counter to what Sprinkle thinks also, because I do disagree with him. I just think it was a tremendously missed opportunity based on perceptions that we have. Mm-hmm. About do you each think other. it's
1: Do you think it's reasonable? Like, like how you don't feel worried about being in the room with Preston Sprinkle, for instance, as a queer uh, black, I, black person I or whatever? I honestly don't
4: because I have before. I've talked to him before mm-hmm. about his views about homosexuality, and to me, I got the impression that if it was up to him, homosexuality being described as a sin in the Bible would not be there. But I think because of his belief in the Bible and the authority that it has for him and his relationship with God, he feel. I think it's like he doesn't have a choice because then he would be disobedient to God. Mm-hmm. And if you're a believer, I can't see how you would expect somebody else to be okay with that in their life.
1: Do you, you don't feel like, for instance, he opposes your existence is something that... Some, that, that I, some people,
4: I don't believe that at all. Mm-hmm. Not... Not even for a
1: second, because that—that's when it gets weird for me. Is when you start to say, "Well, he opposed their existence, and what he believes and thinks is violence against you." I—I I don't believe that I, is true. I—I I, I I, I mean, I'm—I'm I'm listening to, for somebody to explain that to me, but I don't believe that—that that is violence. Now, can an idea like that result in? uh harm done to a group by other individuals Absolutely. at some time where violence does happen because of a view like that spread and institutionalized and mobilized yes it can but that doesn't yeah. mean that his thoughts shared equal or are violence in my opinion i i, I really don't that that's, that's that's where i that's a bridge too far for me but i'm open yeah, to listen to I people think- try to explain that
4: And I'm going to say this and I have to, have to go back to work, but I think when we get to a point in society where we start telling people that it's wrong for you to think something and because you think something, I won't talk to you. I don't understand how long term we're going to get the result that we want, which is for people not to think that way. Right. So I think that there has to be a better way that we go about saying who is worthy of conversation or who is worthy of grace. To hear my experience, hear my perspective, because if we're drawing the line at people who just disagree with us, right. then yeah. it's impossible to have any type of change. We'll
1: have a good day at work and then we'll talk to Adrian a little bit longer. And then we're gonna talk to somebody else who actually, we're gonna talk to the person that made that statement that. Says Preston Sprinkle opposes your existence. We're going to, we'll talk to awesome. that person in a minute and you can check back here on the guys. podcast. But thank you. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Tierney. And so, what Bye. I find, uh, what I found troubling about it that Tierney that was getting at right there, getting kind of getting at was that um, it, it, it was frustrating to me to realize at some point the whole thread and every single person arguing there were people that I n- am aware of or know to some degree on both sides, everybody. On the thread were, in fact, almost entirely progressive and affirming Christians. That's the only, there were no other groups represented in the thread. There was some black and some white and some old and some young and some male and some female and some cis and maybe not. I don't know. But it was only progressive Christians there. People like me that are affirming trying to work this out, take other people on this journey, figure stuff out. That's the only people there. And they were fighting as if it were, you know, the the most hardcore right versus left. And that's what was so troubling to me. If I look at it, I go, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure almost everybody here agrees about everything, except for whether or not it's okay to be in the room with Preston Sprinkle. That's the only thing I could tell that we even have a disagreement about. So it's very frustrating that that could be so polarized within a very Relatively narrow group. I know there's broad experiences there, but that I found that very disheartening that you could fight. Well, that let me bad.
2: Let, let me ask y'all this: Did y'all take it as it's it's almost it would be a wrong thing for us to be a part of something that we're so vehemently against, or was it we're not willing to subject ourselves to that? Because I, I've really well, say, been yeah, thinking both. long there's and hard, uh, things, about right. a lot of this conversation because it. It's one of those in which I really want to slow down and not be a hypocrite and actually think to myself, okay, I don't know exactly what they've been through, where they've come from, how this makes them feel. And so one plausible uh, explanation for all this that I've thought of is let's just take someone from the LGBT community who has tried to function in a church for a decade plus Yet everywhere they go, everywhere they try to bring stuff up, every time they try to assert themselves in a loving way to open up conversation, they are shut down, uh, maybe even hurt deeply, uh, humiliated, embarrassed, et cetera, et cetera. I could see how someone would finally just reach a point to where they, to, to where they say, you know what, screw trying to extend this conversation anymore because I've been hurt so much I can't take part in that. Uh That's not my job anymore to try to help other people Uh understand this. I'm going to do my thing, and I don't want to be a part of any debates. I don't want to be any part of discussions, and I don't want to be around anyone that is not 100% pro me. I could just see someone getting to that place of just super screw it all. I don't want to talk about this. I am who I am Uh if you don't like it. The hell out of my way,
1: Adrian. Can you comment on that? What is that? That I mean, as you know, from your point of view, what is that? As far as the, what do people say? The, the something that came in there, I'm not super familiar with. A lot is uh, the emotional labor. Are you familiar with that term and what they meant by that? I think that's what Joey's getting at.
3: Yeah, I get that. I don't think I feel like I've been there before, where it's like I don't feel like dealing with these people. I don't feel like explaining this shit anymore. So I understand that, but at the same time, I don't think. I don't know, maybe for me, I don't think you can stay there for forever. If you, if you're an oppressed person and maybe using quotes on the video and you just choose to, I guess, withdraw into your own camp and never advocate for yourself and your defense of that is that, you know, it's not the job of the oppressed and the oppression that I don't think that's consistent. I don't think you see that. I don't think you can see any real social change happening mm-hmm. by people who feel like, or who actually are like hurt, who've been abused, wh- who don't say anything. Like I don't know if you watch The Walking Dead, but you can't expect Megan to stop hitting people with bats because people are sad. Like you you have to do something, at least say something, at least be in the same room and let your represent let your voice and your ideas be heard.
2: Yeah. I so think- would you go so would you go so far as to say in essence that, hey, this is who you are, and thus to help everyone else out it's your cross to bury just put your big boy pants on and carry this cross so more people can understand
3: see i don't even want to go that far because even like that's too far right for me but i will say that there is something to be said about your own personal response your well-being in place in the world so i get when they say they don't feel safe around like a preston but at the same time i'm like
1: well, what do you mean by safe? That's where I'm a little bit yeah, lost. That, like that's, that's you know. what I don't
3: understand. I'm trying to like what, out what what, what is, is the
1: danger? Like, and and it, forgive me here, but I'm saying when you say it's not safe for me, you mean. Of course, this is where it gets haywire. Of course it's physically safe. Like that that anybody that would try to even in any way <clears throat> insinuate that it may not be a physically safe situation, that's preposterous, of course. So I'm I'm bypassing that. Yeah. Surely you mean something along the lines of I might feel like this one person up here in a in inside a room of hundreds of people that, that oppose my life and who I am. That would feel unsafe. I can say how that would feel bad. Um or you could mean I don't feel you know, it, it. I don't know how delicate that would go. Now, first of all, that I don't think that'd be the environment either, but you know, it gets so far to where you're worried that somebody saying that a space isn't safe means simply the notion that they may encounter somebody that disagrees with right. them. And that's not a, a right. I'm not worried about that. I have no, yeah. I'm not worried about you encountering some a disagreeing point of view. So there's but a line there to, to figure out what it is. Here. Yeah,
3: I think we're on the same page here. Sure. I don't know what they mean by. Safe. Obviously, it is a bodily harm. I don't mm-hmm. think that's right. a legitimate thing that would happen, um, at least at BC Counter, mm-hmm. even within the BC community as a well, generally speaking.
1: But some I, people right so, see, but here's the problem with the Twitter, sorry to interrupt you there. That's where a bunch uh, of now not these not the people that I'm having a normal discussion with, not not these ladies or anybody else, but these people from the outside jump in at that point and say, and they're being dishonest, and this is what gets me so Angry is they're being dishonest and misusing language. They go, Yes, don't you know that the suicide rate is this? Don't you know how many Christian, you know, whatever have been uh, LGBT people have been killed? There's been all this violence. So, yes, it is physical safeness, but that's not what we're talking about. An idea in an institution far removed that can, you know, pissing in the uh, stream that somebody eventually drowns in is different than saying that it's – it's. and then some other people go in and say that there's people trying to make – force people to go somewhere where they feel physically unsafe. And that never – that was never even a discussion on the Mm -hmm. table. It's outside people trying to make it sound like that was the situation. That's not fair. It's not right. It's dishonest.
3: When I asked my question, like, if, how did they? I was trying to figure out how exactly that they, you know, they viewed Preston Sprinkle. If essentially, they view him as, I guess, a Nazi or something. Mm-hmm. So I did that so I can try to make it a parallel for myself. So I'm just like your average black cis cisgendered um, male, whatever, whatever. So I, so I wouldn't go to a KKK rally, mm-hmm. but however, I would go to a TED talk where Richard Spencer was, and I would debate him. -hmm. I would do. I would do that, and Mm -hmm. I feel
1: like maybe. the But you'd understand somebody that that wouldn't do that, though, right? I mean, it's okay for somebody. But it's okay for somebody to not want to go debate Richard Spencer, like. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's it's yeah, that's fine. Like, if you want to say, like, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, go debate Richard Spencer, whatever, that's fine. But to but to give the justification that you wouldn't go to like a TED, which is a very neutral, you know. A damn for um, playground for ideas because you didn't feel safe there. Right, <laughs> so this right. is my own opinion. This does not represent BC, but I feel like you're soft. I, I do. I feel like if your excuse to not go to an idea to a mm-hmm. place where ideas are entertained, where you as a person are safe and and cared about, mm-hmm. where there are people like you there who want to hear what you have to say, I, I feel like you're too much of a sissy. I, I wish that like I, I don't know. I just feel like your safety isn't legitimate excuse granted that the environment is objectively safe. It's not
1: fair to conflate physical safety with uh, encountering ideas that are different than yours and call and saying those that that's not fair. It's not, it's not right. And and it is dishonest. And I'm not uh, accusing any individual of of, of making that, but that, that tone and that thing that happens is, is it's really rough. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, it's really hard when you want to engage ideas and other people don't want to engage ideas, but just, grandstanding and moral superiority. And, you know, we can't get to the idea because of categories and identities to a degree that we can't, we're not going to be able to discuss the ideas now. And that's that, to me, that's a dishonest way to not engage. Tyranny Tierney
3: had asked the question about, you know, if, if not Preston Blanco, who would they feel comfortable with representing the opposite of their ideas?
2: So I don't that, think, that, I don't think there's anybody. I right. think that's the point. So, 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 ain't nobody got time for that. Well, so that so ends at the
1: place that I think tyranny said it. I'm sorry. to uh, uh, Talk uh, over you uh, again, Adrian, but somebody said this, that, so you're bringing to the table uh, the notion that first you must agree with me and then we can talk.
3: Yeah. That, that's essentially what I saw.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, you know, if, and I'll continue my point, if no one can represent the opposite side, Essentially, if they're saying, like, we won't come become Preston Sprinkles there, get rid of sprinkle, and we'll come. Now it's just – I feel like now they're trying to make something which is not theirs theirs, if that makes sense.
2: Well, and and, and here's the thing is I I do think that it's reasonable to think that some people – you know, you can even over-spiritualize it and say, you know what? That's just not their calling to talk for their LGBT community anymore. They're supposed to just do their life. And forge on, whereas there's some people, they may have that calling to keep speaking. I, I don't think there's anything in my head that says everybody owes us explanations and talking so we can understand. But I think the problem is there, there seems to be like this moral level of, uh, of basically saying, no, if you're going to have anyone there that disagrees, we won't have any part of it. And that's the right thing to do. To not have to talk about it anymore. That that's just where no, you, you can't put that on humanity universally that the people that don't agree are eliminated from conversation. And if you want to do that, it's just not helpful. I mean, I'm willing to say it is not helpful for any of us.
3: Mm-hmm. It, you know, the whole thread was annoying for me to read. And I'll, you know, Tyranny said this, but I it doesn't it doesn't miss like people like Tyranny and I who are big into BC, like who are very active in the group, and even like informally, when we see people who like, represent ideas that we haven't like, heard or would like to hear more of, like the LGBT community, um, the church, to um, that movement, I would personally love to hear about that stuff. But it's like it, it doesn't miss me when it's white women who don't want to who who make this excuse. I I mean I'm sorry, I don't see any other demographic who are so heavy for advocacy and social change but then when they're asked they say no because it's it's not safe and even but maybe they safe have a bigger. view
1: that it's not i mean you know I, I know what the bc group is like i know what i'm like i know what you're like But they have a perception that we're hyper masculine douchebags, probably, and then maybe for some earned reason. So, like, I don't know. Like, I think we earned some of that. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't really understand what our community is. So now that's where we feel frustrated because, like, wait, because now you want to do this thing where you say, "No, listen, we're like you, we're with you, we're your ally," and then you start playing this game where you're trying to prove that. And there's no way to prove it when somebody has a gut impulse that you're the bad guy. And then it's, there's nothing. Then you then you're trying to like demonstrate. No, I'm not a bad guy. Because look, I. And then anything you do next sounds like you're. It just doesn't work. So yeah, that's yeah, that's that, frustrating I mean, that's just,
3: to me. This just, just part of Twitter. Yeah. I think you know I'm going up on Aaron Lunsford. I really do like him. But yeah. I mean, when you when your number one when it's, the most engagement you get is someone uh, is from someone like a Lunsford. Um, yeah, I feel like. It makes sense. It makes sense why they would perceive us, whatever that means, as Mm -hmm. dangerous, harmful, or at least um, agitating. Like, I get that. But at the same time, it's like,
1: like we're going to invite you in so we can destroy you and everybody. will you well, when Matt makes, makes a let ask point you, or something, let me but ask that you that a question happen, about
2: course, Lunsford. But before we do that, let uh, let me ask your permission to throw an ad. No, hang on, here. Joey. We're in good. Right we'll do we'll
1: do your ad. We'll do your ad as an interruption, and we'll go straight to the another break ad. So we'll wrap here with Adrian. In okay, like cool. Four let minutes, me let me ask minutes. you this
2: about because I do think it's pertinent to the conversation. Is is there ever a place for the three guys? in bad Christian and, you know, plus, plus Reva, who is a huge part of the operations and everybody else who makes it. Is there a place for us to be able to say, Aaron's our friend, Aaron Lunsford's our friend. He's an asshole. He says things that we wouldn't necessarily get behind, but we don't have to be ashamed of his voice. He's got his own mouth, his own brain. He's our friend. And, don't listen to him if you don't want to, but he's not our responsibility. Yeah, I I'm curious. Is there ever a place for us to say he's our friend and not our responsibility? That's between Aaron and you guys.
3: Yeah, I think absolutely. I don't think because someone else doesn't like Lunsford or a whole group of people <laughs> don't like Lunsford. I don't think that means you guys get to cut him off. I'm not going to cut him off. I think that was like, you can block, you can fucking block people on Twitter. You don't mm-hmm. like him, block him, whatever, move mm-hmm. on. But just because he goes at you doesn't mean – I don't know. I feel like it's lazy, like Matt, you said before. I feel like it's irresponsible to take is a good that thing. voice and ascribe it to the whole group.
2: Mm-hmm. But your but your comments earlier did lean a little more towards y'all need, to get, y'all need to get control. So that was total joke? Yeah, that was that was a gotcha, joke. That this, was just gotcha. like, yeah, you need. To, well,
1: th- th- there's mean, a but, pressure so, to, you- to disavow people, but one, I mean, and I don't care. Like I disavow everything that Lunsford ever said and will say that I don't agree with and think is bad for sure. And sure. we'd have, to, it'd be, it's a ridiculous to say, well, what, I mean, what game are we playing now when we're going to show each tweet and I'm going to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I don't, I don't know. Like <laughs> I, that, that's not me avoiding this. I mean, I'm not going to disavow him as a friend or anything like that. Of course, that's not even on the table for me. Um, but I don't stand by any of his statements necessarily. And I'm, that doesn't mean I'm, you know, avoiding it or tacitly condoning it. I, I, if we wanted to go through one by one, not willing to do that on the air in person, I'd be glad to go through everything he's ever said. If you want to bring the Twitter feed, and I'll say, I disavow it, that's not right. And you can yeah, t- put that dumb. public if you want, but yeah. I don't need I don't. That's an endless thing of people that you're going to want me to disavow. And on each, I mean, that we can't play that game.
3: Yeah, no, yeah. Time, there's think, not enough time in the world. I don't think you, me. like you guys, like you, Matt Toby, and Joe, well, Matt Toby and Joy, so you three, but also Bad Christian is just like an organization. I don't think you need to affirm or disavow anything. Maybe you want to affirm the fact that you're, you know, you know, LGBTQ affirming or that you're woke or you care about people of color. You can affirm that. But to go all the way down to say one of one of our constituents has said this and we will not stand by that on every little thing someone says on Twitter.
1: Yeah.
3: And you can't expect people to do
1: that. Right. Right. Yeah that that's true. But on the other hand, when I see a bunch of characteristics in the our group and in the subgroups and on forums that don't represent what I think, I go, "Wait a second. How have I contributed to that?" I will take that into consideration. If my vo- if the voice of my f- people that follow me are obnoxious um or insulting or brash, maybe that's something to maybe something reflective of me to consider as I go forward in the future, but you yeah, know, I'm not going to micromanage it.
3: it. I feel a different way if, like, the whole BC locker room got on Twitter and started adding these these women and going really going after them in a misogynistic way. I would feel some type of way yeah. about that. But mm-hmm. that hasn't and doesn't happen. Even on top of that, when we just along with, like, the guys, when we talk about things like this, there's dudes who are really, like, macho man, whatever. And there's also guys who are on the other side, and we fight like fight like dudes fight. Like, it's just internet bickering yeah but even on top of them like i don't think as a collective we would never say anything negative about another group of people unless they were obviously harmful right if that if that makes sense so yeah. i don't know i guess all that comes down to is like i don't when they say they felt they don't feel safe i don't understand that yeah. i don't get that
1: it's unfortunate, you would say, that, that you wish that they did. And what could you do to make them feel safe? You would like to extend that hand. It feels frustrating to to us. It's like, listen, I, I understand you don't, you don't owe me anything, of course, but I'm trying to extend this hand. I really think if you understood at all more, you would be very comfortable and realize you're not in harm here and you really have the potential to... Man, do yeah, some well, good. That's what the way I feel. That, that, that's too yeah. bad, but that's okay. In, on, for any individual to decline. In yeah. Way. So let
3: me say this: the first step, obviously, is empathize with someone. To so I was able to connect with a few of the people, and I know the lady you had in your podcast. Like I really got on the emotional level what they were saying. Like know it, I know what it feels like not to want to go into some side of room. Because Let me add like also
1: the that do. they were invited just to do this and also f- set, felt yeah. that this would be also unsafe I, yeah. so to, so in this I platform. I
3: get, so. get being invited to be the token or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, not wanting to go inside some sort of situation because of the people in there. I understand those things. And I feel like, you know, obviously we I talking about they can say yes or no if they decide if they want to do that. But I feel like the reasons they were giving, even though I understood them and empathize with them, I would still encourage them to to still push through those and still represent themselves as well, which I think most mm-hmm. of them do, especially right. on Twitter.
1: But on Twitter, but, your gentle encouragement there comes across as badgering, harassing, trying to force marginalized people into doing what you want. That's how they – hear what is, you just said, which I think right, sounds completely reasonable to hear yeah, a human which is, speak
3: why, which is why I didn't, you know, if yeah. you saw my tweets, I, I didn't push. Yeah. I wasn't asking. I was well, just they, to they,
1: That's what I'm saying. That's what gets so weird on Twitter. Is I, nonetheless, I think they've perceived it that way, which is so frustrating. Fine, but yeah, nonetheless, yeah, fine,
3: fine. And I, and I backed up pretty early, but yeah. still, even the next question after, after you try to empathize is, okay, what can we do to make your work? What can we change?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, what I, what I gather is the only thing they would accept is if we remove any and all people that represents ideas like and connected to uh, stances like Sprinkle. And, I, and I, I don't think that's a fair compromise. Yeah, for, I don't think it's
1: a fair compromise. And, but yeah. From
3: the people that want to hear, who are still trying to figure out, which is most people in D.C., right. who really don't know. I mean,
1: it's so it, obvious to me, if you hear an idea clearly stated in what I consider to be a safe place, then... That's If you can get to the meat of that, that's how you go, oh, so I don't even agree with that anymore, and it's okay. And because I've heard it articulated clearly, I can evaluate it for what it is and reject it. That Just because you hear something doesn't mean it's going to cause you to agree with it or move its direction. Oftentimes, me hearing a well-articulated idea from a thoughtful person makes me go, I know exactly what he's saying. That makes a ton of sense, and I disagree. Thank you for illuminating to me how that works by by letting Uh, me hear your idea actually unpacked. In a safe, good place. Yeah. So let me
3: ask you guys this question: it put in the conference. So I get them not wanting to come to the conference, where the physical space is an in real life thing. Whatever. What about them not in, not wanting to come on the podcast? I don't understand no. that.
1: I, I, I that yeah, at that I point, that like, look, no, I'm not pushing or harassing. This I don't take what I'm saying now as that as being aggressive. I do. It's I, I, I fail to, to understand completely to how you could think this was un- this could be an unsafe thing, unless you totally mistrust my intentions, but. You know, that, yeah, that's fair enough.
3: I, yeah, I get that. That's what I and I did see one lady did agree mm-hmm. to come on at least your your podcast. Yes, now, which I thought was cool.
1: yes, and actually, I think we're going to do that right now. So, Adrian, thank you for joining us today. I right. appreciate right. your support extremely, very much. Both advocating for the group that we have online and being a part of it. And we'll see you at the conference. Is that correct? Yep, I'll be, be there. there. Can't wait. Okay, can't wait to see you, Percy. My man, friend. thank you. Take it easy. All right, so thank you, Adrian, again, and Tierney. We will see you guys at the conference. Um, we're going to bring on now uh, a lady named Stacy, who is uh, one of the main people that was in the disagreement on the other side. Uh, I'm not going to say much too much more about it than that, but this represents the other side of the argument and represents the other uh, voices out there, and she's agreed to come on. I'm very glad about that. I think hopefully it'll be... Nice and easy conversation in real life that maybe wasn't so great on Twitter. But uh, before I do that, I got to talk about the season we're in. And you know it's the busiest time of the year. And so I imagine you got a holiday list of things to do. Not only do you have your normal household chores, but the holiday to-do list and uh, a bunch of errands, all that stuff. Stamps.com is here to help you save time this holiday season. So with the holidays almost here... Do you really have time to go to the post office? You know it's going to be busy, very busy, with people sending holiday cards, gifts, stuff like that. So just do what I do. Do what the Bad Christian Podcast does. Use Stamps.com instead. I've been using Stamps.com for years, and way before they were sponsor, I heard about them on another show, got them, and they have saved me time, and I like Stamps.com. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Post Office Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, and any class of mail using your own computer and printer. Then, you know, mailman picks it up. It's about that simple. It's easy. They'll send you a digital scale that will automatically calculate the exact postage. Uh, you'll be able to, you know, it'll help you decide the best best class of mail to use, and you can print postage any day, any time. Stamps.com is Always open. I use stamps.com because they've designed it in such a way that is easy and nice and saves me trips to the post office. And right now, you too can enjoy the stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long term commitments, which is great. So go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in bad Christian. That's stamps.com. Enter bad Christian. Okay, so Joey, well, you haven't—I don't believe—seen or been introduced to or in, interacted with Joey here at all. But Stacy, meet Joey.
2: You're about you're about to get to know the coolest person in the history of the world. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no,
2: um, just kidding. Stacey, good to meet you. And, and
1: you and I haven't been. So if we're rolling, out, it's fine. Um, you and I haven't, I haven't. I've met you. Uh, we spoke on Twitter a little bit last night, and it's nice to meet you in person, which is what I. Very much prefer to engage with people online. Uh, I don't know if that's true w- with everybody, but that's just me. But let's uh, let me start by just trying to understand who you are. Um, you live in New York, and I see that by your profile. I
0: actually don't. I have uh, I've moved, and okay. apparently I have not updated things. I actually have moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. Uh, I'm a Presbyterian minister here.
1: A Presbyterian minister, and that's USA. Yes. Okay. I grew up yeah, in Presbyterian the USA. He doesn't allow
0: my time, my kind. No,
1: I know. I grew up in a, um in a Presbyterian USA church. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. And Joey is actually a pastor now at a, believe it or not, evangelical non-denom. mega church, non-denominational. Joey is non-denom. A, but um, <laughs> which so, okay, it's so very, we,
2: it's we, a very special church that keeps my kind around as well. So you Those are. are hand- <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what else about you can you tell us, Stacey? I'm sorry, just I just met you yesterday, so I don't I don't have a bio. Or I, I really don't know much about you other than some of our Twitter.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what you want to know. I uh, I, I came into that conversation as someone who recently started reading Hannah and Emily's stuff. Okay. Uh, and sort of jumped on the Church to hashtag really quickly after they had started it, and have been. Uh, reading responses and getting some feedback from people, um, as a pastor and somebody who's still in the religious system, mm-hmm. uh, and I've dealt with religious trauma as a pastor for a long time. And, um, yeah, I've been part of, uh, I was a reformed church in America minister, uh, originally and helped found the open and affirming group in the RCA, which is room for all, mm-hmm. um,
1: do a little blogging on the side, et cetera. Okay. So we so just for to- some for
2: some of our conservative <laughs> listeners that still are pretty black and white on anything LGBTQ. Can you tell people, <laughs> are you a real Christian? <laughs> 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 and I know you don't know us, but that is a complete joke. Complete yeah. joke. No one, <laughs> no one on this call doubts your authentic faith. But right. unfortunately, that's where a lot of people are still at.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that anything that I'm going to say is going to convince them that I'm a real Christian, because right. anything that I say is suspect to right, the right. crowd. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a woman minister, and they're not usually down with that.
1: So. No, okay. not even that. So what, what were you
2: thinking when you first saw this, this conversation? Yeah, tell us just
1: what, what, from your point of view. We, um, we just talked to some other people that are members of our the BC Club, so tyranny and Adrian, uh we just had on and they explained kind of from their point of view. Um, I would just like to hear from your point of view what the Twitter debacle was.
0: Well, uh, it's, it's funny because when it started, all that had happened is that you and, and Hannah and Emily, you had Mm -hmm. invited Hannah and Emily to, you know, say, Hey, you want to come to the conference? Uh, And they had said, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you sort of pushed back on that and Hannah was a little more receptive to coming on the podcast and Emily was not. Uh, and you pushed a little bit on that and the, Mm -hmm. the sort of lack of understanding of why someone would say no, uh, caught my attention. And so I jumped in on that. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that it would then become a complete shitstorm Mm -hmm. of people sort of coming in and, uh, talking about why people don't really have the right to say no to things like that and why we shouldn't be hurt, uh, why we shouldn't be distrustful of environments that also include people who are hostile to LGBTQ people. Um, I haven't had any personal experience with uh, Preston Sprinkle, but I have a friend who did on Twitter have a really nasty interaction with him around lgbtq issues and so i have no trust in being in a room with him or with people who are friendly to his mm-hmm. ideas well let's, um, let's see
1: if we can clear up what we mean when we we just we we're trying to get some a grip on that what does it mean to trust that it's okay or, or 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 safe like what what are we talking about what what would qualify as safe or unsafe in in situations like like that
0: so i think the the background that's helpful is that a lot of us have spent a lot of time already in environments where we're trying to do the unity thing mm-hmm. with people who disagree with us. So, I've been doing advocacy work uh for, you know, 20 years and trying to bridge that gap and talk to people who are openly hostile um to LGBTQ people or who Want to do the, like, sort of love the sinner, hate the sin kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has never ended up well for me. (laughs) It's always ended in those people feeling like they got some sort of diversity Mm -hmm. cred from talking to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, They get the, the credibility of, like, well, I tried to reach out to those people. Right. But then they don't change their mind, and they're still hostile, yes. and they're still preaching things that are harmful to lgbtq people uh and then they're using my story to bolster their own argument, mm-hmm. which is not that doesn't feel mm-hmm. good to me,
1: so what I hear uh, there is the agenda thing, like whenever you have an agenda with a relationship to me, that's an invalid relationship because yeah. uh you know, and I, I believe that i I believe that way outside of this issue, but this issue particularly is that. It's, I'm okay with these people for now, pending. I see the results I want, or it goes the way I do long run. Otherwise it will be a lost cause, but there was never a real relationship. I was never really listening. I was never open to change. I just started this relationship or had this person speak on on my podcast or whatever it is, because I have an end goal in mind. And if that doesn't work out, then the, it, eventually the relationship right. must end. And so I call yeah. those invalid relationships if you bring an agenda to it. So I agree with you on that. Now, but help me still understand the part about safe, unsafe trust not trust. I still that okay. still doesn't address like I mean, for instance, if people want to go back to the Twitter thread, I think people will would find many things that you said to be like way eye-opening or jaw-dropping or maybe aggressive even, and I don't find you that way here and I I think I understood how to read your tweets. I believe I did at least. Yeah. Um but but uh do are you one thing we have a hard time understanding is do you think that there's there was some debate there that there would be a physical safety issue? I mean nobody really thinks there's any physical safety issue with coming on a podcast or being at the conference. At least we're not talk can you can you clarify that that's not a legitimate concern or do you think it is?
0: Okay, I don't. I mean, I don't think that there's a direct safety concern with mm-hmm. being on a podcast, obviously, or I mm-hmm. would not be here, sure. and that would be a little silly because, like, we're not even in the same room, right. not in the same room as any of your listeners. Um, however, part of what the church two hashtag has been drawing attention to is that ideology does inform action. Yes, and and some of us have been the have been subject to people showing up in our lives in physical ways after mm-hmm. uh after internet altercations yes
1: yeah so, so you so you could maybe come on the podcast expose yourself as who you are and then b- be stalked as a result
0: right, right. and i've had yeah. death threats mm-hmm. as a uh, as a result of the things that i have said online mm-hmm. so I, that's a real issue for me Um, And often violence against women and violence against queer people gets played out in a sexual way, which is also the way that the church too is playing out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that there's valid reason for concern um, about physical safety, but I don't think that's the primary issue. I don't think the, I think the primary issue is sort of emotional and mental safety. Yes. um, Because there's only so much time that you can spend in a room with people who are assaulting your sort of verbally assaulting your identity before that starts to feel like not a mm-hmm. safe space. Yes. Um, and I think for a lot of people, these questions are questions of intellectual ideas, but for LGBTQ people, it's not an intellectual idea. It's an identity. Mm-hmm. And that's as part of who we are. And so we're not just arguing about, you know, can people be, LGBTQ or not in a in an intellectual way that's out there somewhere that's about us mm-hmm. and so constantly defending your own identity is exhausting yes. um, you, and sometimes mentally unsafe
2: do you think it's safe to say that um, you know when it comes to someone not subjecting themselves to that sort of environment at the very least can we say hey this is a very unideal world that we live in, a lot of jacked up stuff. So at the very least, can we say it's not ideal when, when people who do have that perspective from experience and identity, when they abort themselves from the conversation, it's at least not ideal for everyone because we need, we need their voice.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of the people involved in the conversation who were sort of arguing from my perspective, um, including myself have spent a lot of time in environments where we put ourselves out there and took that risk. Mm -hmm. Um, and many of us still do, but it may happen that this community, that the bad Christian community is not where we want to invest that energy, Mm -hmm. um, in part. Uh, because that's not our community. Mm-hmm. So for me, when the conversation began, I was like, "I have no investment in this community. I have no relationship with you, and you're, and therefore you're not entitled to my sure. voice or my attention." Over the course of the conversation, it became clear to me that it would be more worthwhile for me to have this conversation with you uh, than to continue to shout at people on Twitter.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can see why you'd want to shout at them. It's just—it's just such a flawed m- mechanism for communicating. It just seems so bizarre to me. Um, but uh, let's—I'll go through a couple of like. For for instance, there's one tweet that I that I have disagreement with you on of, of the use of language, and it was the one where you said that Preston sprinkle. I'm going to defend Preston sprinkle actually for the next couple minutes here, in in the, as an individual. Um, There was a couple things that happened that made me – when I started to get frustrated was when one person said that compared – Preston sprinkled to the alt right, which I just think is very, very uh careless and dishonest to it's, it's careless or irresponsible I should say it may not be dishonest. It was a comparison uh, but unfair because we know how many people are looking in at this that don't know who Preston is, don't know anything, they may follow you, they may follow me, they don't even know, but all they know is one person here has asserted publicly, you know. The guy, he's like an alt right guy, and they're trying to have him at their conference. That bugs me. That isn't true. It's not a fair comparison. It's not. There's no amount of that that's true, and it's it's. There's no way for the the onlooker to tease that out or know the difference. This is it's impossible. So I find that to be irresponsible. And then right after that, in the same few minutes, you made a tweet that said that Preston Sprinkle opposes those women's very existence, and I think that's really problematic for me because. To oppose somebody's – first of all, he would never – and I I don't know if you know that or not. That's why I'm confused. I think, to be honest at all, you know that that is – he would never say that that is his position or thinks that. So now it's something that he definitely does not think. And when you say oppose somebody's existence, that's like – you would be happier if they did not exist, as in die. And I just think that is so misrepresentative of this other one individual, Preston, that I know. I'm not talking about LGBT issue forever or every ideology or anything like that. But that is so misrepresentative of him that it, I just can't leave that unchallenged. I think that's, you know, a reckless use of language in a, in a narrative where the person's reputation is tarnished in a way that is is not fair.
0: Yeah, I will. I will own that. In that comment, I used the uh, the brevity of Twitter mm-hmm. in a in a lazy way. Um, and yeah, I will own that. And that 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 I don't. I certainly do not think that he wants me to die. Right. <laughs> that is that is not at right. all my opinion. Uh, but I do mean that people who have anti LGBTQ ideology uh wish that we did not exist as we do <laughs> they they certainly don't wish we would die but mm-hmm. they do wish that we existed in a different way mm-hmm. and so i so i do want to push on that like so it maybe it is do you wish that republicans existed in a, but,
1: i'm sorry did, do you wish that republicans and the gop exist people those people existed in a different way
0: <laughs> yes okay definitely Okay. And if one of them said that I oppose their existence, I probably wouldn't argue with that right now.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, to, Fair but enough. to have a theological, uh, then and then to go further than that, the next one is the one of the argument that, that troubles me is the one about uh, words being violence all the way down to beliefs being mm-hmm. violence. And at one pers- point I said, wait a minute, to have what I believe to be a wrong Interpretation of the Bible is violence. I don't remember who I asked that question to. And the person's response, and it may have been you, was yes. And I think that's irresponsible as well. I don't know if that's your position or not, but, you know,
0: uh, we can I don't get into think that one. That was me. Okay. Um, but when it comes to uh, beliefs about LGBTQ people, I, I'm not sure I agree completely, but I do sort of agree because this, the, even the people who are would never do physical violence to LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. When they preach that ideology, give permission to other people oh. to do harm to LGBTQ people. Um, they give permission to uh, LGBTQ people to have self hatred that often ends up in suicide. And other self-harming behaviors. So, I mean, I think it is directly harmful. And to remove the belief and the words from the violence that occurs as a result of them, I think is incorrect.
1: Okay. And I'm, I'm very close to agreeing with you on that nuanced expression of that as well. I yeah. certainly think that wrong theology ultimately it gives us the Inquisition or whatever it is. So, yes, yeah. that that's true. Um, but completely unfair to take an individual that holds a belief, is trying to be as curious and intellectually honest and faithful to God as possible and is coming up with an interpretation different than me. That is not a violent person causing direct harm himself and is not responsible in the same way that somebody that physically harms a gay person is responsible. Those are not equivalent things.
0: Right. I would agree with that they are not equivalent things, but I don't think they're unrelated
1: no, so. they, they can be related, but I, I just think that the words matter about, it, especially in in such a medium like Twitter like that, because many, many, many people have taken away from the what happened that Bad Christian and Preston Sprinkle are gay hating alt writers. That there's certainly people that walked away from that Twitter interaction with that view. If that so that so if I'm defensive, that's the only reason because that's just. I, you know that's here. And I do want to
0: clarify that I was not the person who compared him or yep. you
1: to the alt right. That's what that's uh, what gets, makes the whole thing so crazy because I don't yeah. remember who said what, and people are shouting from the back mm-hmm. of the room. It's like, and you're now people are associating what one jackass says with this whole side of people, and it's very destructive.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and I guess I want to point out to in, anyone that is having a hard time with Matt's defense of uh, Press and Sprinkle is to think about this. If, if we eliminate Preston Sprinkle's voice, then he, he's a representation of at least some sort of bridge from evangelical American church to the LGBT community. Because I've never read a book as healthy as his take is on all of this, just because, like he, he wrote a book, uh, People to be Loved. And I would say the most prevailing notion in the book is Christians have sucked through the years. And we have no excuse, and we better clean up our act if if we're going to continue on as a faith. Now, it almost seemed as like a side note that theologically, biblically, he still sees it as something that God is not in favor of. And that's, that's the tough one, because I can understand why someone in the LGBT community would say, well, I can't be around that guy then. But then the flip side of that is he's only trying to be honoring to a Bible that he's trying to center his life around and abide by and believe in and all that. But I just think eliminating his voice, that's, that's one thing we don't want to do. I'm actually kind of cool with eliminating the voices of people that are just like, "Yep, black and white issue. I have no, Desire to talk to anybody, my mind's never going to be made up. Yeah, let's don't listen to those people. But someone like Preston, man, I think it's important.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and to me, that sounds like it's more important to you to center that voice, which may... Be a, a moderating voice for your listeners uh, and may bring them a little bit along the trajectory. Mm-hmm. But it's more important to you to center that voice than to center the voices of actual marginalized people gotcha. who may well, not that, want to be where, That's
1: where the whole yeah. thing goes, well, though, I, because that's, that's – I mean, and I'm not – again, not, not, please, nobody consider what I'm saying is badgering these people. There's a million people like that. But that's why we're asking those people to be there. And then they decline. And it's like, well, dadgummit. And you, this whole thread, in my view, was all progressive, affirming Christians, me, you. All these people arguing about I don't even know what, but we all even agree on the issue. And it's being made out to be some giant divide. And it's such a narrow little – even. I even think you and I are in the same freaking echo chamber is the way I feel. And that may not be true, but it's like, wow, how how crazy does this get on this – you know, I mean, and I'll be honest, a few years ago, I was not affirming. I am now. And so I, I think that describes many or most of our audience. And so, and that's just one issue. We're moving on tons of issues. And the view that Preston has would have been the one that I would have held relatively recently. So, I don't find it a fringe, threatening, violent, bad idea that can't be heard. I, I just don't know how to think of it that way. And of course, I'm actively seeking people that I more agree with, which would be you and Hannah and Emily. Those are the people that I agree with. Preston's the person I disagree with, but I'm okay with talking are to him. You,
0: but the thing is, are you a queer person who has been in those circles repeatedly in situations where you have had to defend your identity? Right.
2: No, that's the I- most important. That's the most important thing of this conversation. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> is is we we don't understand, and I think that's that's what needs to keep being focused on because I think that's just such a great point. And I think what I was saying earlier, as far as Preston's voice being super important, the reason why I say that is right now evangelicals are just not going. Unfortunately, highly unfortunate, they're just not going to listen to someone who is 100% – hey, I I mean, we interviewed probably one of the most impressive guests we've ever had on this show is a guy named Brandon Robertson. He's a bisexual pastor, and unfortunately, conservative evangelicals, they're not going to listen to that dude. In their minds, he is just so far off. He's obviously deceived and, and, and all of that. And we can say, well, that's just so jacked up and let's just forget about these people that don't have open ears. Or we can call it what it is and say, yeah, they don't have ears to hear that guy. So where is a starting point for those people? And if we can't entertain that question of where's a starting point voice for them, then I guess we're throwing our hands up in the air and saying there's never going to be any understanding, which could be true. Could be true that those people are never going to understand.
0: Well, I understand that what you're doing is a different thing than Mm -hmm. what some of us are doing, you know? So you maybe can exist in that middle space. Uh, but over the last couple of years, I have in my own work with people who identify as allies come Mm -hmm. into several situations in which, uh, allies have sacrificed me and lgbtq other lgbtq people on the altar of unity or yep. you know so like the unity with other people who oppose lgbtq people was more important than us because we're the minority. And so I am suspicious of those situations and gotcha. of putting myself into those situations. And I I, and I have mixed feelings because I think that change comes through conversation and relationship. Mm-hmm. So I do dedicate a good share of my time to doing that, but I'm a lot more careful about when and where I do it now.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I completely understand your suspicion. I would go so far as I will give a apology for anyone who will sign their name to such apologies as i will make from our audience or beyond man look i we've totally messed up this issue we've been harmful i've been harmful i've had thoughts that are harmful um i've thought in token ways and i you i mean i i get that like uh we're you know i would like to say i'm sorry for all the amount of damage that that Christians or evangelicals or people like me have done in the LGBTQ space. There is some, we acknowledge it, you know, it it is real. It has happened. And so reasonable for people to have suspicion, uh, lose it at the point of please, please let's stay engaged and not fracture so narrowly that we must all perfectly agree before we have conversation. That's how I got from there to here. And I'm begging other people. I'm telling you people can change. I'm telling your audience is full of people who have changed a ton for the better and it is possible and is worth doing. It's not, I just don't want to see the situation where we all get the most narrow lane possible. And then we cannot interact within, in, within outside of that. Cause that's, that's a recipe to lock everything down and, and for change to happen less, so that that's the, the where I come to this from
0: yeah and and i I understand that I get that, and I also want to say that when you work with people who are repeatedly marginalized mm-hmm. by another group of people, in this case the church yep. uh, the Some allowances need to be made if you really want to hear those voices. Mm
1: -hmm. And I apologize for the people that aren't making those allowances even when I'm trying to, whatever. But, you know, plenty of things for me to apologize. I wanted to clear up one more thing too, at least. I'll I'll let you speak about whatever else you like as well. I'm not in a hurry. But one last thing from the actual Twitter thing is the very last thing before I said, well, yeah, we'll just come on the podcast tomorrow was um, I think it was something I had, uh, I think Dave, okay, here's what it was. Dave Bazan got in on the conversation at some point. Um, and was more aligned with your view and certainly uh, unhappy with some people's view, Lunsford's p- particularly. Um, and then I responded something to him and I wasn't even paying attention to the whole thing, but he came back later with what I think is just the most wonderful example of anything that doesn't happen on twitter he was calm he was thoughtful he said you know i I wrote you guys off when trump got elected because i thought you were associated with that and i might have been wrong about that and i've been grieving over this whole thing and distanced myself from christianity and lumped you into that and i hadn't listened to the show in a while now dave's been on the show and a friend of ours and somebody we know to some degree and have hung out and done things but um he went back after he had made some strong statements spent Time, minutes, hours, I don't know Listening to past episodes of this podcast He's one of my favorite all-time people That I look up to as a musician And respect and know And then comes back and says, I listened I see some evidence of change And he apologized for one or two things And explained clearly what his concerns were and address some things that we have done wrong, which I totally mm-hmm. can. And I just thought that was, and it was long and it was thoughtful and it was true. And he invested personal time into trying to actually understand somebody he was arguing with. And already I'm very inclined to like Dave Bazan. I love the guy. And so I appreciated and highlighted and thanked him for that. And then I don't know if you lost the context on it, but or but I'll give you the chance to clear it up here. You seem to respond that you were frustrated that I was nice then to him because he's a man.
0: Yeah, I, (laughs) yeah, I think I may, uh, I did read his post and, and I, yeah, I sort of regret saying that. Uh, but I, I got frustrated when you sort of immediately were like, yes, this is awesome. I totally get your point when you had been, Pushing back against all the women in the conversation mm-hmm. about what felt to me to be the same point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're sort of immediately, and I can't quite remember exactly what you had said. Sure. sure. But it, I, it was a throw my hands up in the air. And, and I'll, I'll like,
1: back you up. I, I'll, I'll try to uh, understand your point of view on it. I don't think you were just being a, a jerk or anything. Um, so, for one thing, you
0: know, I am. I am.
2: That's
1: OK. But the, for one thing, there's a lot of context there. Dave's a person I know respect and look yeah. up to and it's very meaningful to me that I have a relationship with him at all it's meaningful to me I you know and no offense but the other people I'm talking to I don't even know who they are so it's just yeah. you know it's just argumented. I mean there's a different thing when, when there's a relationship there um but to your point perhaps it is you know there's this you know it, I can see how from your view you could see oh it's just a, you know it's just a he He'll take it from a guy but not from a woman. He probably just thinks we're argumentative and our tone is bad and all this and it's just dismissive to all the, the women point of view kind of thing. So I could see it might could seem that way.
0: That's what, it. Just felt really dismissive yeah. to and all I'm the seeing, women who had invested a ton of time in that conversation, mm-hmm. saying the same things,
1: saying the same things that he said. Yeah, but the but thing. But I also it, yeah. didn't
0: know that you knew him personally. Sure. I don't know the context, right. so well. Again, that's fault.
1: just that's yeah. what that's but, all I wanted to do on this was demonstrate that it's not that hard to communicate. We're stuck in some weird text life that seems archaic we've spent billions of years not billions we have spent millions of years developing language and body language and inflection and tone and now we've thrown it all away for this twitter thing it's not right like it's like a backward step technologically for some gain of connectivity and it comes at a great cost and i think that's it
0: yeah and it definitely plays i mean twitter plays to my worst tendencies Mm -hmm. so uh my sort of Jump in and defend people, and then like won't let it go tendencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Twitter to the max. So,
1: well, is there other stuff that you'd like to contest or take issue with, or have us disavow or clarify, or if you have admonishment for our group, I'm all I'm all ears for any of that. By the way, can
2: I ask you a question? Uh, obviously, I can because that's yeah. what you're on here for. This is <laughs> about. Um, yeah. So, is is there a place for? Joey Svensson, myself, is there a place for me to be friends with someone that not only I believe is wrong in their approach to the LGBT community, but maybe even says things in a very unloving, God forbid, hate-filled tone on Twitter, I think, oh my gosh, when he does that, it just drives me insane, why would he do that, and yet, that's my friend, I love him unconditionally, and I, I'm not going to stop being his friend. I'm okay. not going to publicly tell people, "Yep, he's not my friend anymore" because of what <clears throat> he said. Am I obligated? In in like your mind, am I obligated to say, "Nope, I'm done with that guy. I can't be associated with him"?
0: Oh, I don't think so. I have uh, <laughs> I have a bunch of friends who you know don't believe the same things that I do, who don't believe that, uh, who are not affirming, uh, who don't believe that I should be a pastor, and. Yeah still friends with them. Uh, but I do think that if you're also trying to be an ally to LGBTQ people that it takes in public forums, like Twitter, uh, social media, it takes some willingness to, uh, not put aside that friendship, but break, (laughs) but be very clear. Like, we do not agree about this. And like, dude, I think you're off I think you're off on this. It takes some willingness to step in uh, and oppose your friend in order to uh, show people who are on the other side that you actually stand with them. So, and that's super uncomfortable. But
1: that's just social right. pressure. Like that's like a, that's another thing that's lost in the text internet medium is. In real life, if you're embarrassed by something somebody's doing, it's kind of it, it kind of would be a lot more obvious. You know, you have to, you know what I mean. I have to send a text transmission to demonstrate disapproval instead of like put my head down, which I would do if at the table if somebody said something that I thought was goofy. Right, it would be understood. And so that's <laughs> that that's lacking here for sure. But um, is there, uh, is there stuff? Any other stuff like you have? You totally have. I'm not surely at this point. You see, this is hopefully safe and everything but if there's stuff you'd like to say to our audience or or you know the real agitators that you feel may be in our group that i'd love for you to be able to communicate any idea to them
0: yeah i mean i think i mean in or terms me. of the agitators i don't really have mm-hmm. uh, much to say that i haven't already shouted at them over twitter um but i mean i think for you two, i mean you seem to be you're you're trying to be affirming allies uh in this whole mm-hmm thing. Uh, and I would just encourage you to in conversations like the one that happened on Twitter or like this one to shift your listening so that you're listening first to the voices that you want to lift up. Mm-hmm. Um, and there there was a lot of stuff going on in that conversation, not just with you, but with a lot of the sort of uh men involved in the conversation that had to do with them just assuming that their perspective was normative uh, and that everything was an equal exchange of ideas. And that is just not true. That's just not the way that Mm -hmm. power dynamics work. And people who have been marginalized and oppressed by the church are not (laughs) thinking of things the same way that you are. So if you really want to lift up those voices and make them part of your conversation, you have to do some work to lift them up.
2: That makes sense. Now, do you think that giving other people the bad Christian platform as a guest is equated to lifting up their voices? Because I'll I'll be honest, and this may really highlight our assholeness, but there's definitely been times where I think in the back part of our minds, we're getting a guest on to actually highlight problems to where we want them to speak clearly, speak passionately, So people can see, like, with all clarity, why things are so messed up. It's because so many people think like this person. Like, sometimes we want to give people the floor to highlight the problem, and I think that's helpful. That's not us being advocates of their opinions.
0: Right. I mean, I think that in terms of a podcast, if you're clear that you bring people on that have a variety of points of view, that you do not necessarily endorse the points of view of everyone that you bring on the podcast— I think that's fine. I think a conference is a different kind
2: of yeah, animal. Yeah, makes
1: sense. You know what confused me about the conference thing is there's 200 seats at the conference, and there are tens of thousands of people listening right now. So to me, the conference is nothing it's, as far as like it, – it's just a few people in a room hearing ideas in a, even better the normal way but very small like wh- less people hear everything that happens at the conference than are hearing your voice right now so there's a little bit of a scale thing that thro- throws me off when I think about it too but do you think like uh, for instance uh Preston's, i mean you know do you think people should or would boycott our conference or protest it or he should be disinvited or, or do you think what the thing that we're doing it makes sense for us uh,
0: I mean uh... I'm not familiar enough with your regular mm-hmm. audience to know very well what their values are and what they're coming to your conference for. It seems like they're not people who are going to boycott your conference, mm-hmm. but I I wouldn't come knowing he was on the, the agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you had invited him to that conference would tell me that that wasn't a space that I wanted to be in.
1: Okay. Um, do you think he... Is does hate speech?
0: Uh, no, I think that he he takes a very soft approach, um, like the best possible non-affirming approach, mm-hmm. but it's still non-affirming and. Uh, I have a lot of experience with people who are sort of softly non-affirming who Mm -hmm. end up doing a lot of damage because they're like, I'm going to be so nice to you and I'm going to communicate to you that you belong, Mm -hmm. but where the rubber meets the road, then we're done. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, it tends to be manipulative and I don't like it.
1: Okay. I I, I totally respect and largely share that same view, but uh, you know. Again, it just winds up getting all the way down to, I think the only place we disagree with, I am comfortable being in the room with him. I am comfortable let it, allowing more people to hear his point of view. But, you know, I get it. But I, th- I think that's, that's reasonable. And like I said,
0: like, I've, got all, I've got friends who are not affirming. Mm. I'm in the same room with them. I feel mm. totally safe having conversations with them because we have a relationship. Right. But I also am not going to put them on my blog or invite them into my church to preach.
1: Understood. Yep. Um, Joey, what else? you have anything else? And Stacy, do you have anything else you'd like to discuss or ask or anything else? I'm I'm good. Uh,
0: I don't think so. Okay,
2: I mean, I I guess what I want to say will probably come across somewhat cheesy, but I just feel <laughs> like when 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 we have guests on here like Stacy, I mean, I, I want to say emphatically that we we are trying desperately to to not only do the right thing, uh, but also be true to who we are, not be hypocritical, not put us out there like we're different than what we are, like Matt just admitted a second ago that, you know, rewind a little bit and he is not affirming at all. So we have changed a lot, but we we do need Stacy's help. We do need other people's help. And I think that we're okay with saying, yes, we are going to say things not right uh-huh. and we need to be cor- corrected. But the very last thing we want is, you know, for a conference that we're having to make people feel like, you know, we've got our own little clique that of people that we're listening to, and at the same time, totally get the fact that you're like, well, yeah, but I, I'm Stacy. I don't want to be there if Preston's going to be there. But it seems like your your reasons are very clear and are not necessarily incriminating on everything that we're doing. And and bottom line is I. I mean, people are entitled to their opinion as far as what we're doing, sure. but I'm saying emphatically to you as an individual that we definitely are trying and, and we yeah. care about bridging a gap. Yeah.
1: So. For those that are willing and not those that are not, and I'm not trying to drag anybody. And I hope nobody, I mean, you know, I can see how people would have thought, Oh, they're going to ask these people to come on the podcast and then trash them and use them. You know, I can, <laughs> that, I'm sure that happens, you know, and that's the, a big problem with media. I mean, that's what people are looking to do is use other people to make a point or build a platform or tr- throw them under the bus. And I, oh, why don't you go on my show and debate you and you trash them, you know, or something? Yeah. But you know, I don't expect everybody to believe that's not what we're going to do. But hopefully, now that's a little bit. Uh, hopefully, people. Through this, we can feel a little bit safer about that. In general, I would like to build that. I would like for the uh, I would like for people to say about our community good things and not bad things. And I'll do what I can to for, to for further that. But I can't take responsibility for everybody that listens to my voice and what they say and do. And I, you know, but I'll take in I take that into consideration. That stuff that I say and do does affect what they say and do afterwards. So thank you for being willing to engage this way and, and feel comfortable enough to, to share it with us.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. And uh, I wish we hadn't had to have a Twitter war first, but
1: it's, (laughs) we need to have an
0: actual conversation.
1: That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. I I love highlighting both sides of that. So thank you, Stacey, very much. And um, I don't know if you platform or blog or do anything like that, but certainly we'd want people to hear your voice and other things that you say and do. Do you have, I'll go one further. Go ahead and tell us where people can find you and name some other people they've never heard of that they should.
0: Oh. Uh, you can find me. My blog is at com. I've got a website. Um, and who else should you listen to? Who else should
1: you uh, listen to that these people hadn't heard of? I mean, let's amplify some other voices. They're not ours. They don't have to go through us. So
0: Right. I mean, I listen to – I I pay a lot of attention to Broderick Greer and L.A. L Cruz. Uh, trying to think of some other people that I listen to on these sorts of issues. But – my mind has gone blank.
1: No, that's okay. Have you
2: listened? Have you listened to that dynamic uh, pastor? I think his name is Pastor Greg Locke. He's got some really interesting <laughs> things to say. <laughs> 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 he, 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 do you know who that guy is? Mighty chance that's vaguely. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was definitely a joke. Maybe even taking things too damn far. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's been really awesome, Stacy. Yeah, I'm looking at uh dot com. Y'all should check it out. Definitely, uh, we we need your voice. We appreciate
1: it. Yep, follow her and hey. you'll find the people that she follows, and and you know, you can go down all, yep. find, you know, go find the other people for yourself. But yeah, thanks for being on the show.
0: All right, thank you.
1: All right, Joey, we will. We'll- Now, the only thing left to discuss here, which is the giant elephant in the room, or I should say, magnificently large elephant not in the room, we did this episode without Toby. How do you think it would have been different if he was here?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I I was definitely thinking how... I would almost go so far as to say we need to do our (laughs) interviews with just two people. It had nothing to do, like, this interview went so well and had nothing to do with Matt and Joey as much as it had to do with two people instead of three. Like, there's just something to a third person being there where you know. That third person wants to say something, but it just went so much more smooth. I but mean, if Toby
1: but... is inevitably going to listen this later today, and then I can't imagine Thursday he's got to come in roaring with all these opinions. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. I'm just going to give oh, him yeah. the floor on Thursday and let him go.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. It'll be interesting because for sure. you
1: know you know in I, situations like I, this it's uh, there's a Joey on my left shoulder and a Toby on my right shoulder.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, he, I want to give our listeners uh, a a perspective that we wouldn't necessarily always give you, but I mean, here here's a part of where this conversation is coming from. So when we decided to do this Bad Christian Con, we started circling through who would be great people to invite, and pretty much, no offense to everybody, but I, I think three three of the Top names that came to mind first was Science Mike, Pete Enns, and Rachel Held Evans. So it was those three people because we like what they have to say. We think it's helpful. We think they're talented. We think that it would probably be something that would be helpful to us to be linked with these persons. So uh specifically Rachel Held Evans, it didn't it didn't work out. That's fine. Schedules, you know, logistics, money, all that sort of thing. But here's what I found so ironic was We went after Rachel Held Evans because we think she's an awesome person, had nothing to do with her gender. But then when that didn't work out, we are thinking to ourselves, okay, we'd rather not be put on the hot seat uh, to just having a bunch of white males. So I actually Googled women... Christian conference guest, and it came up on a blog from Rachel Held Evans that basically said, here's a list of women you should invite to your conferences if they're not going to be your token female. And if you're not doing it for these purposes and all that. And I just thought what was so interesting is if, if you go after some female guests, for instance, and they, and they fall through and they don't work out, what is step number two? Like, like, Because for us, just going down the list, we're going to run into some more white males unless we go after a token female, right? I mean, isn't that our... Like, Rachel Held Evans was in our top three choices. mm -hmm. She couldn't do it. So
1: that makes us, what, have to pursue other females
2: that wasn't our top three choices? If you
1: try to get into that discussion, it will... I mean, it's not a freeze frame snapshot that anybody would say there. It's the sustained continued efforts to amplify other voices and listen and learn you know it, it, it's something more like that there is no quick fix to it is probably what yeah. anybody would say but it is funny because it's like this obvious like the the pitfalls are very obvious it's like oh you have a conference i bet it's all cis white men or, or something and then there it is right. and it's just the easiest thing to latch on to to criticize if your bag is to criticize of course our conference isn't all Cis, what is the word people kept saying in this whole week, uh, this weekend? Cishet, which is hilarious. I never yeah. heard it. And so many people, I never heard that before. I know what cis no, means. I haven't either. But that cis is, a, you know, a relatively new term to me. But cishet is cis heterosexual. It sounds like, I think it's definitely used as a pejorative, though. I know it's meant that way, even though they say it's not. It's supposed to sound like ass hat, I think. <laughs> cishet, <laughs> ass hat. C- uh, c- I don't know. Um, but it's a. Uh, no, our conferences it'll have a diverse lineup. We announce who we could, who we could confirm. There's plenty of women, and there's not. They're not all hetero, and it's fine. It's not. There's not. I'm not. I mean, if it if if, if it looks like on the website isn't updated right. i have just. I've only got on there what I've got confirmation of that i can put up yet and it's not my fault that it sold real fast and we put it up last minute well it is my fault we put up last minute but we threw the conference together last minute so no we we'll, we have plenty and most of all the people that give me suggestions why don't you have and they'll list all these people i was like i talked <laughs> to, of course i've already talked to all of those people many of them can't right you know like, there's not i haven't even seen the suggestion of somebody to have that i didn't already try to get by the way so right anyway no no problem but we've in fact we've certainly asked more women than men in total is a fact there of had more women requested and just, you know, it'll work out, works out. You'll see who's on the schedule and it'll be who it is, but no problem. Um, But anyway, I'm excited to talk to Toby next week about it or on Thursday, I should say. Yep. Uh, Yep. Do we have any BC Club names? Because I'm just, all I'm going to say at this point is BC Club, thank you guys so much. Adrian and Tierney and Tyler Hoagland and a lot of people out there advocating for us You know, it it really does mean a lot. I mean, it really is awesome to know that we're not just some asshat, cishet asshat, uh, out there trying to profit and stir up trouble. And we have people that really are different than us that advocate for us and our community. It's a good sign. It's a diverse group. It's a fun group. The conference is going to be fun. And I really would, you know, I know it's not for everybody, but – if you've been thinking about joining the BC Club, do it. I mean, we bought all the flights for all the guests and attendees to the conference that we could before we even sold Ticket One because we have money in the bank because of the BC Club. You know, you give us the confidence to know that we can afford artwork and a venue and throw things like conferences and book flights and do whatever we got to do to continue this, whatever it is we're doing, which I'm not so clear on sometimes. But I've really enjoyed this weekend, especially culminating with the with – once it all died down, the people that were still there were really cool. I mean, Science Mike yeah. got in there and, and both challenged us and affirmed the BC community is something awesome. Dave Bazan basically got in there and criticized us and also apologized for mis, misunderstanding us in other ways. I think that's great. And many other people, mid, medium, high profile, low profile, and there's just so many people paying attention to the stuff that you do and say and do online, and it does matter. And this community is affecting things in the real world, yeah, honestly. And so whatever the outcomes are, we cannot control, but we got to stick. Oh man, this is going to be good broadcasting. I'm going to wrap the episode by saying back to what I said at the beginning, character, principle, honesty, facts, and language matter. You're not going to be able to control the outcomes, but these are your responsibilities is to be you, to act like you, to interact with other people with principle and character. And then whatever happens will be okay. We'll just have to accept that. I don't have an agenda. I have a commitment to some principles and truth. So, this has this has been fun. I'm very excited about the conference. Yep, me too. And here's some new BC club names. Do you want to guess? Them, oh yeah, Pat? I was hoping Do you want we to have guess them. the new ones. Um, no, I don't have I don't have any guesses on them.
2: Okay, all right. Well, we have Alexander Jones, Dean Atkinson, Martin D. Arabi, Edward James Berger. And that's with a U too, not a B E R. Oh, nice! The real burger. So it's like the real burger. That yeah. makes me hungry every time I hear your last me name, too. Steve. Steve Belargian, Belargian, Belargian. I'm gonna go with that. Belargian. Ryan M. Davis, Joey McGinn, Zach Zinn, Robin Biggerstaff, and Heath William Dills. Thank you guys for joining. Thanks, Heath.